0: Well, well, well... Paradise? Paradox. Yep.
1: Subscribe. <laughs> why waste any <laughs> time?
0: Yeah, press, press like, press subscribe. Why, you know, why even wait for us to say anything interesting?
1: You don't want to miss out. Yep. Because <laughs> you never know what we're going to talk about.
0: Uh, so today we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Rupert Sheldrake's idea of morphic resonance and some possible effects of that. If we, if we assume the theory is true... How it can tie into a, a lot of other ideas. There's yeah. a
1: lot of ideas, yeah, a lot of connections. There's a
0: lot of reasons why this is a fascinating subject. Shall we do an intro?
1: Yeah. Paradise, paradox. Kurt Robinson, welcome to the show. So, morphic resonance—it's—it's yeah. quite—it's uh, a big topic. Yeah, it, it involves a lot of things. It ties a lot together. Mm. But uh, is it even a subject just yet?
0: Mm, I, what you mean, like in university or something? <laughs> no, well, yeah. I mean,
1: is it—is it—is it acknowledged by mainstream?
0: I, I don't think so. It seems—it seems like. Uh, the the only time it gets mentioned in the mainstream is to say how awful it is. I'll try to explain briefly what the concept of morphic resonance is all about. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake has the, has this hypothesis that um, things aren't actually um, bound just by physical matter. Physi- physical matter isn't all that that forms things. So you have an idea like, uh, say if you, you have an acorn, maybe it has the the potentiality or the field of of an oak tree within it or like uh something like a a soul so a field that will draw this this acorn into becoming an oak tree into be, um into becoming certain forms um so it will have a sort of probabilistic framework for the acorn to become something else, this, this, this huge tree. It, yeah.
1: it is difficult to explain exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I try thinking of a really simple way of putting it together. Uh, he talks about an organizing field. Yes. Of, yeah. of all potential bits inside yeah. create a bigger field, but they all have their field as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, so something, something like a magnetic field or a gravitational field, this this sphere of influence or this this uh, range of
1: influence uh, that, that affects things. Its own energy signature field.
0: Yeah. Like, was it, was
1: it, he talks about pulling energy out of this field, and the energy yeah. being the, the knowledge of potential. So to, to give an example, like um, Rupert Sheldrake
0: likes to say how a, a lot of people assume, or a lot of scientists um, materialist scientists these days tend to assume that the, the universe uh, has this materialistic model it 's something like a, like a machine, and that people and animals are something like like machines. Um, but Sheldrake believes that that this metaphor isn 't a particularly good one, um, so you have uh, for, a, for an example, you have something like a, a dragonfly egg. Uh, and of course, if you leave it alone, uh, if everything goes right it 'll grow and uh, and the the shell will come off, and this dragonfly will be a, a fully formed dragonfly full full sized dragonfly. Um, but if you tie a string around um, around the middle of this egg, um, what you might expect to happen would be something like perhaps the the dragonfly just wouldn't form, or perhaps it would form in two halves or or something strange like that. but of course, what actually happens is that a full half sized dragonfly forms, so a completely formed dragonfly, which happens to be half the size and so so his proposal will be um it's it's actually like this this field um just like a magnetic field, if you cut a magnetic field in two, it doesn't mean that the, the north pole and the south pole are separated. But in, with this field, uh, it doesn't mean that the that that the field is completely broken, um, because every, every part contains a sort of seed or a or a probability, a soul, a potential for the whole, uh, something like a hol- hologram.
1: Yeah, each individual part has the whole. Yes. It doesn't materialize or represent it or express the whole. It, it mm. expresses it, its higher level of it, whatever itself is mm. with infinite potential to become the field itself.
0: Yeah, to express the, the entirety of the field. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so to give, a, to give a few more examples which, which may uh, lend evidence to, to this hypothesis. Uh, one is of, of crystals, and Sheldrake says that the first time a crystal is formed, it takes a long time to crystallize. And he jokes in saying that he, he asks uh, scientists about this, chemists, uh, and says, um, do, do you ever have this experience where uh, a, a crystal takes, uh, takes a, sh- a long time to form in the beginning, but then eventually it takes shorter and shorter time? And they say, yes, it happens all the time. And he says, well, uh, why does it do that? And they say, well, it's because the sample becomes purer. And he says, how do you know it, it's become purer? Uh, and they say, well, because it takes a shorter time to form. <laughs> so this, this sort of circular circular logic uh, that they really, they apparently they don't have a, an explanation for it. He jokes as well and says that the traditional explanation is that uh, particles of crystals go on, onto um, are carried around the world on on beards of migrant chemists, and so when you uh, when when you come up with this uh, this crystal in another laboratory, um, it already has the seed of a crystal from a from from the beard of another chemist, and that's why this this
1: effect is international. Uh, well, it's got equal uh, equal as. Chance is that being true as the other. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like,
0: like, the beard theory or the morphic resonance theory could be, could be either. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, like the, the legitimate uh, crystal becoming more pure and being able to produce itself oh, quicker. Right. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no proof either way. Uh, he, yeah. I like the way he, he takes that and calls it building habits within the field, yes. that it helps other parts to... Yes. Uh, I mean, another study they, they did was... Uh, they they were able to do it with humans based on on learning Mm. uh, or reaction. I think the the sample size is like 20,000 people. They did did this over. Mm -hmm. What they were able to do was present pictures that have like a a code or a picture within the picture and ask people psychological, like a psychological test, what do you actually see? And they did this across different continents and found that countries that saw it first it was a little bit slower. They didn't quite, the chances of getting the picture wasn't exactly 100%. Mm-hmm. But then when they took it to another country, I think that they did between England and, and Germany and the US, yeah. uh, people were able to see the picture pretty much, well, in comparison to the original picture, the same picture, they worked it out much quicker.
0: Yeah. And he
1: wasn't, a, he wasn't able to say anything more than, well, what is this phenomena?
0: <laughs> I, don't, I think what actually happened with that experiment, he predicted that it would be a shorter time. Um, and... Other, the skeptics predicted that it would have no effect, but what actually happened with that experiment is that it took longer for the for the other people to to get the puzzle, um, or less people got the puzzle. Really, which nobody how many times predicted. did they run it? Um, only once or twice, I think, because he said it was a very expensive experiment to run. Yeah, uh, and then so, the, so yeah. what does
1: what does that mean for the for the field? Hard know. <laughs> I mean, does, that, does that mean people push each other away culturally, or? Or or maybe we're not all connected as as a human Um, species.
0: Yeah. Well, if if morphic resonance is true, then people will be more connect. Like people are more connected to their own family. They're more connected uh, with people from their own culture. Yeah. Um, So, like something that resonates strongly with Mexicans might not resonate with Australians as much.
1: Uh, Uh, I'm sure we can think of a few examples.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But more uh, <laughs> more I don't know, more measurable examples, more more um like things just that, things that l- talk loud about.
1: music, hot food, general <laughs> cultural traits yeah. don't, don't yeah. mesh.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there was a there was another experiment where a a guy was, a, a guy was experimenting with rats um to try trying to test inheritance of characteristics or or he wanted to see um how how much smarter rats could get. Um, so he would, take, he would take the rats and, and put them in a maze. Oh, sorry, I think, I think they were mice, actually. Um, he put them in a maze, um, an identical maze every time. And then he, um, he would take the next generation and put them in the same maze and see how long it took them to find the, uh, the cheese or the, the prize that was at the end of the maze. And uh, he, he realized that what was actually happening was that the the time was going down so every time he bred a new generation of of mice uh, it would actually take them less time to go through the maze so the the mice were apparently getting smarter and so people uh, criticized and said oh well obviously what's happening is that uh, you're, you're, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you're choosing the smartest mice, and that's why they're getting through the the, race, uh, the, the maze quicker, is because you're breeding from the smartest stock, and they have the best genetics, so they have a higher higher intelligence. They get through the maze quicker. Um, but then um, somebody tried to duplicate the experiment in, a, in another country on the other side of the world, and it turned out the the mice were still uh, getting through the maze quicker. Um, even, uh, like, basically, the times that he was getting, the times that these, these new group of scientists were getting, were actually starting where the, the first study had taken off. So it was like these mice had, uh, had acquired the knowledge of the maze um, through the morphic field.
1: So what um, he was trying to actually prove led to not being able to duplicate the actual study because it was affecting studies yeah. further in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, A- apparently, yeah.
1: That,
0: okay. At, at least that's
1: the way Sheldrake way, uh, um, presents it. It's got the same idea as the 100-monkey like the yeah. Yeah, experiment. Exactly. Did that yeah. really happen? Because I've, I've, I've heard mixed stories of whether it happened or, or not, but it I... is based on the same kind of connection. Yeah, it's, just,
0: it's the same idea, yeah. It's uh, like... That that um, experiment or or that uh, phenomenon, if it's if it's accurate, is totally um, congruent with yeah. the idea of morphic resonance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, for those that haven't come across the hundred monkey uh, study, basically what it was, they had they had monkeys on an island where they're able to teach uh, a handful of them. Let's say that they taught five how to actually wash the sand off the coconuts they're eating. And, and what happened was once they, uh, once they learned how to do that, the other monkeys could see and teach each other how to wash the sand off the, off the coconuts. Uh, there was a certain level, there was like 20 of them or so, that they got, they got the idea of how to wash the sand off the coconuts before they ate it. Yeah. Because sandy coconuts apparently they don't eat sandy coconuts, these monkeys. Uh, I'm not sure. Sandy uh, uh, coconuts. Why does that sound like a euphemism? Or it might have been something else. Sandy you bananas. want a taste
0: of my sandy coconuts? They, you uh, with something like, or breaking them open with a rock.
1: Something so, like yeah, that. something like that. It was, it, was a, it was a teachable habit. They were able to teach some monkeys and they found that the other monkeys, once they reached a certain level of, yep. uh, I don't know, knowledge for the monkeys, there about 100 of them or so, yep. I'm assuming, which is the name of the experiment, the other islands nearby, the monkeys continue with the same, the same habits yep. or the same Yeah, the same habit. Yeah. So like, how, how did that happen if there was no monkey to swim across and teach other monkeys or some other kind of transference of, of knowledge?
0: Mm-hmm. And they, they also say that originally it was just the, the young monkeys who were doing it, um, and none of the old monkeys would, would do it in that first community of monkeys. But when, the, when that penetration level was reached, even the old ones would start doing it. So it's kind of like... When but, your grandparents use the internet,
1: but not only like they started doing it, they did it as if they always have done it.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: like that. That was like the the main brain twister. It was like yeah. it, it was. It wasn't like they were learning how to do it. They could just do it as if they always did.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And yeah, that is what people say about their grandparents using the internet. They're like, oh, I can't believe like if my grandparents now use the internet. Uh, even better than I do. They know stuff that I have no idea about. I think they're just trying to be
1: cool. Like, you, know, you see, grandpa, he's your, he got his Twitter account open. Well, yeah. He's just like, Yeah, I've been using Twitter for like the last five years. Like, has it even been around that long? <laughs> I've always used Twitter. What are, you, what are you talking about? It's been
0: around for quite a while, actually. Yeah, or, well, some, some people say the other explanation of that is just that old people are retired and they're like, um, they have plenty of time to tinker. So, if you have twelve hours a day to mess around with the internet yeah you're going to figure it out pretty quick <laughs> yeah. so that's a you know that's a that's a simpler explanation that doesn't require resonance.
1: it's sad that that concept of retirement. I just don't see anyone like that. It's kind of a generational thing i don't think we're going to see that habit coming back anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well we're, um what was, what was that expression we're always on holiday, and we're we're always working so um, so why yeah, if, yeah, what are we going to retire from
1: if you if, <laughs> if you're doing a job you like doing, then it's always work, but then you're always on holiday because at holidays you do what you want anyway
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's the best way to be
0: yeah so yeah so Sh- Sheldrake did some some other interesting experiments which seem seem to comply with his theory so th- so there are things like uh dogs who know when their owners are coming home. So he did hundreds of experiments with one dog called JT, uh, where JT would spend significantly more time by the window waiting for his owner just when his owner had formed the intention to decide to go home. Uh, And that's apparently quite a common phenomenon. A lot of people um, say that that happens, that... um, like their, their wife will know when they're coming home because of the way the dog acts, something like that. And, and then I've, I've never really, have you ever experienced that? I've never really owned a dog.
1: Um, one thing I, I noticed with, with Wally, our, our pug that we have, yeah. uh, he knows when you're leaving. Right. Like if, if I'm leaving in the morning to go out for the day, Wally would know that I'm about to leave maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, it's debatable to say whether he sees me putting my shoes on, yeah. But he knows that I'm leaving, and will start banging at the door, mm-hmm. or uh, or we'll try to jump for his, his chain. Yeah. So I mean, that that's pretty, you know, an equal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, in in any case, it's uh, it's interesting how these uh, how our, our pets can pick up on our subtle cues. Um, so, they're...
1: but but we all we're all aware of this. Yep. We kind of we kind of take it as a, a normal a normal interaction mm-hmm. between an owner and pet. Mm-hmm. Uh, another study he did was he, he grouped together a lot of uh, a lot of security staff, yeah, uh, or just just staff that interact with people, uh, mm-hmm. waiters, and and ask them questions like, can you can you feel when yeah. you notice, or do you feel anything? How do you feel, or do you tend to notice people looking at you? Yeah, and of course. Everyone, everyone, well, came back. It was like nearly pretty much everyone said, "Yeah, you yeah. Know, People know yeah. that I'm and looking at them, or, people, or I can feel when people looking at me. Yeah, we all do it.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, and I think every. I've never met anybody who is denied having that experience, but some people try to say, "Well, it could be your peripheral vision." Um, I don't think. I don't think that accounts for my experience. Um, peripheral vision. Um, no,
1: I, from my time as a security guard, definitely not. Yeah. No, and and you you spend so much time watching people yeah. that you can I mean, you know, I was I was learning this, I was reading these these mm. studies as I was working. So, you know, I, I would go and test these different things out, but you would look at someone and you'd wait to see how long it'd take for them to look back in your direction. Mm. And it's in most cases it could be nearly instant, depending on how ingrained yeah. they are in what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. But, but then is that, is that a habit that I'm building within myself? I mean, uh, we mentioned the David. Habit of David your morphic field to encapsulate. Well, if, okay, <laughs> let's let's assume that this does exist and is a real thing. Yeah. Why couldn't you train it? I mean, this is yeah. all ESP, extrasensory perceptions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and this new network of uh, these new—it's it's an expression.
0: Yeah. Well, I've I've read reports of people have, who have conducted the, this kind of experiment. Like you have some one person at the front of the lecture hall and an, another person at the back of the lecture hall, and the, and the person at the front has their eyes covered and you know earplugs in whatever, or they're behind a a, a screen. Even they're in a um, uh, they 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 can't see the uh, other person from where they are, and um, so so they normally they will score higher than chance um so across the whole range it might it might only be a a small um a small effect like something like 52 50 55 percent of the time they will be able to guess that's uh, that's on average across the whole um the whole range of test subjects but then when you get people who are exceptional at it who get like a 70 80 percent level and then you you, you put them all in a, in a group, um, then of course you get much, much more statistically significant results.
1: When you go for significant results, uh, Rupert mentions that he gained very, good, very well results uh, from, from children, mm. because they weren't aware they were trying to actually achieve a good result. Yeah, Like a, a lot of people are, are biased to whether this exists or, not, or doesn't exist, yeah. and they, they want to score well yeah and and that wanting to score well often blocks some kind of connection yeah. where where a child where you just playing the game for playing the game mm. where there's no there's nothing at stake mm. they uh He mentioned that he was i mean I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast a while back and he said he was playing with his with his, with his kid doing the same experiment, and, you know am I looking at you or am I not looking at you? am I smiling or am I not smiling? These sort of activities with your eyes closed yeah. and he they were scoring like almost like eighteen out of twenty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then when uh, when his son realized that they were trying to score high, then it dropped down to like 12 or 15 or something. But yep. prior to that, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, because they were like, oh, you can be wrong at this? I didn't realize. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They had <laughs>
1: opened the opportunity not to score right. Like, yeah. I'm just doing as I'm told.
0: Yeah. But I've definitely had that experience, especially when um, a lot of the time it'll be when, when a girl is, is checking me out. And they might be directly behind me, or almost directly behind me. And I, uh, so it doesn't happen all of the time. I don't feel it all of the time. Um, but sometimes when I do, it is it is very strong. It is very palpable. It's it's like it's almost like somebody is is like touching me very softly. Um, and and I I think this is a it's an interesting thing because they they say that. Um, Men are attracted to visual cues, whereas women are attracted to behavioral clues. Uh, And so it's like this this woman was subtly analyzing my body language, uh, like projecting somehow, projecting her her homomorphic field or projecting psychically towards me to examine my body language uh, or use her mirror neurons to, to reproduce it in her own head what, what i was feeling uh so so she would know whether i was a potential mate or not uh and i've had that experience many times
1: well that 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 interaction yeah is yeah he, at some at some level i mean you, you mentioned you could um, you, because you can almost feel it got, i can
0: absolutely feel it i mean i have i have um not all the time but um
1: yeah oh, I, I, I think I think all people I mean we we establish that all people have this experience that they then they know when people are watching them or not. Yeah. But when when you're able to exert that that field or that, that emotion or you yeah. know, a thought process that, that you're thinking feeling about as you're looking at somebody as hmm. like they, they're pushing a feeling upon you. Yes. Oh, I mean I'm trying to work out how to how to drive this this field. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like some sort of reverse
0: it. empathy, so where you, where you can make people feel a certain way, and and I think that sort of thing might actually be possible. Like I, I remember, I had one experience where I would I was walking across the street, and I, I saw this girl from high school. I don't know why she always snubbed me um, after high school. And <laughs> anyway, she she was walking there with her friends, and I could tell she was. Uh, looking at me, but not directly. Um, she was looking at me like out of the corner of my eye and deliberately avoiding um, looking at me, to, uh, talking to me. <laughs> um, but the point was, she I could feel that she wasn't looking at me as I, as I was then. She was actually projecting her mental image of what I had looked like three or four years prior. Um, so she was... Um,
1: and she was able to do that by thinking or projecting that on you and looking, yeah. looking somewhere else.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a subtle un- unconscious process. She wasn't... Well, I would say she was probably dedicating a, a, quite a bit of mental process to, to it because she was deliberately a- avoiding
1: me and that takes well, to work. You, you can so, feel it when someone's not there with you in the, you know, in the, yeah. in the brain space.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, so I was like, I, I had, at the time I had quite good posture, but she was projecting, um, four or five, three or four years before where I, where I was kind of slouched over and, and I had long hair down, down past my shoulders. Um, so, so that was kind of what she was, was seeing, but she was only seeing what was inside her own head. At that That point,
1: did you feel like you needed to start slouching a little bit? Uh,
0: so, so sometimes i mean that that one it wasn't pr- particularly strong but i think that that plays into uh like the roles that that people have in in friendships in their social group if people start working on personal development all of their friends will try to exert this force whether it's o- overt some sometimes they do it more deliberately and less
1: subtly than others uh, yeah um, i definitely believe that yeah. that's Something that, that people feel, yeah, of course, I mean i 've experienced it myself, yeah and and this can happen in real time mm. like, you know you you go into a job interview and you feel extremely positive, you know you've, you've done all your notes you 've kind of put together you know how you want to present yourself mm-hmm. you know you've you've dressed yourself well you 've interviewed yourself in the mirror, everything's good to go, yeah, you get there and you 're in front of a panel of five, and you crumble, <laughs> yeah, like this is something that happens to a lot of people, yeah, and could it be the same, similar thing?
0: Yeah, it could be because I, I think when you're on a panel and you're sitting in an authoritative position, uh, you you have that that power to project. But it's also, of course, in in that case, uh, whether or not they're projecting, you're you're already in a very you you can already be in a very fragile state because you're nervous. And but I, I think the more nervous you are, the more susceptible you
1: you're going to be to that sort of pressure you need to make yourself bulletproof <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i mean you need to be hundred percent secure yeah. on on what you're bringing mm. otherwise you open yourself to be to be shot down mm. Mm. In, a, in a morphic field kind of way <laughs> <laughs> all right uh should we take a break Of other examples of how yep. that how that interact how that interaction can can affect people. Yeah. I mean I, recording. Yeah. I mean I think it's common between artists that they mention they, they feel a, a pressure going from well in the in practising everything is perfect but then they, they go on stage or they or they, they get behind their, they get in the, the recording booth mm. and all of a sudden they feel this, this other pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And so it could
0: be like it it could be people's expectations of you are actually affecting how you're going to perform. Or I've had the experience where I was I was practicing a song and it's going really well, uh, then I press the record button and everything seems to to fall apart. And I wonder, is it is it just because of... Well, of, of course, uh, it, it can be just because I'm a little nervous. I know it's going on tape. But I wonder if it could be something like people's expectations of me stretching backwards in time um, because this is potentially listened to by, by lots of people, could they could that actually be stretching back
1: in time to, to affect how I'm recording? Well, morphic Resonance is definitely above time. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's real time, and yeah. it can be well. It, exi- it exists outside time. So once you, yeah. re- so or when you are recording, I, I don't know, I don't know what
0: kind of relationship
1: it has with time. It could have. Yeah, yeah, have, that's, it, that is really interesting. Yeah. I'm keen to look into more studies because you mentioned that the studies they did with the mice, the studies after, the studies post the original study, yep. were all affected by the previous studies. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's like a future time. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like this stuff is projecting into the future. Or, or another thing is like Sheldrake says, what if our um, what if our thoughts aren't actually stored in our brain? And our memories, they aren't actually stored in our brain. Um, so he, he makes this analogy of like a, a radio receiver or, or a television set. Um, you, if you look at a television set, you can see the, the video on the television. You see the pictures and the sound. And you might assume that the pictures and the sound are actually coming from inside the television set. So there's something within the television set that's being decoded uh, to project that image. Um, But of course, everybody knows that's false. I mean, except if you're using a video recorder. Um, But what's actually happened is it's being transmitted from somewhere else. So this uh, television receiver is picking up this subtle field, this invisible, inaudible field out of the the atmosphere, or out of the ether, you could say, uh, and and then transforming it. And so Sheldrake says, could this be an analogy for our brain? Could our brain be some sort of receiver for some sort of in, invisible, inaudible resonance, um, some sort of field that's, that surrounds us? And he says maybe the reason we can remember our memories is because we are most similar to ourselves in the past. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I saw that case where there was a was a guy that hit his head, had an accident, hmm. and he he went into a coma for a, an extended period of time. Yeah. When he arose, he spoke Chinese. Never what? never been to a Chinese class ever before. <laughs> there's been many there's been cases. Okay. They, they you 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 end up damaging your brain okay. and you're picking up a different signal. All well, right. I mean, that's, that's what I'm assuming because, yeah, definitely, There's a guy, he uh, hit his head, uh, a guy from the US, spoke English his whole life, never been to a Chinese lesson yeah, and he, he woke up out of a coma speaking fluent Mandarin okay. and couldn't tell you why or he just, he just could do it. Other people and he that,
0: spoke English, he still spoke English?
1: As far as I know. Okay. Yeah, like you still him but All he right. could speak Chinese as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, a- in- yeah, we're gonna find a, a yeah. source for that. I want to check Let, that out. Let's have a look. Um, yeah. So I mean, I've heard things like it's it's quite common, or it's it's not common, but it's it's. Not very rare that people will have uh, some sort of brain injury, and then they'll start speaking a completely different accent. Like somebody from from England will, for some reason, have a Polish or German accent, uh, and, and they have apparently they have no control over it. They ch- they can't change um, the the way that they speak. Um, but also, I wonder, like if if uh, assuming it's true, assuming that um morphic resonance. Is, is actually the medium through which we can access memories. In that case, it would also make sense that we can access memories from the future.
1: Well, now we're moving into remote viewing and kind of. Um,
0: yeah, remote, remote viewing and well, recognition.
1: Well, what else? Or uh, well, any extrasensory perception? Yep. Uh, telekinesis, perhaps. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not teleporting. <laughs> but not yet.
0: Uh, I don't know how that would work. Uh, if, I'm I'm not sure if if that would if it morphing be... residents might provide a medium for teleportation. I can't think of how that would work. Um, mm.
1: yeah, I don't know. Let me, let me get back to you. Is that no. that's
0: the article? Well,
1: this is I don't this isn't the one I remember. Okay. But, I mean this this is posted uh on uh, on Mail Online, the Daily Mail dot co uk. Yeah. And, uh, and this is 14th of, know, 2nd of September this year. Right. An, an Australian man who worked from a coma, speaking fluent Chinese, but couldn't, couldn't remember, remember English. Couldn't okay. remember English.
0: And went on to host a Chinese game show and study in Shanghai. <laughs> what do you think? What? Okay. I'll just read a bit of this out. Now. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So, d- two years ago, Ben McMahon woke up from a coma more than a week after a horror- horrific crash that almost claimed his life only being able to speak Mandarin. The 22-year-old remembers how he woke up and saw a nurse who looked Asian standing by his bed and said to her, "'Excuse me, nurse, I feel really sore here,' in Chinese. He then asked the nurse for a piece of paper and pen, and he wrote on it in Mandarin, "'I love my mum, I love my dad, I will recover.'" Okay. His newfound language skills baffled his doctors as well as his parents. Ben's father, Mark, and his mother were told it would be a miracle if their son survived. Well, apparently there were a few miracles. There. It's not the only
1: case that I've, I've heard of. I, yeah. I heard of guys playing the, the violin, yep. the piano. I mean, be, being able to, maybe the, the vicinity of him and his nurse, he was able to, to pull that out of her into him through this field.
0: Yeah, something like that. Or he just changed the. Changed the receiving circuit on his brain just a little bit, so it's picking up this completely different signal.
1: I yeah. wonder if he knew how to use that, what else he could, what else he could do.
0: Mm. Because Yeah, yeah. Like, if people that's... could master that, would it be like the Matrix, and you're just like, okay, I'm going to remember how to uh, fly this helicopter. Actually, I remember I met, I met a fellow uh, on, at a New Year's party, and uh, he was telling me all about his his lucid dreams. He had extensive experience in lucid dreams um, Sweet. but he was uh it was an interesting story because this this guy was a methamphetamine addict and he 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 managed to get off methamphetamine um, and part of his daily practice was meditating um, like eight or ten hours a day so he he was living like a monk for six six months or two years something like that and he he told me that Eventually, like he, he developed these lucid dream abilities and then he went beyond that and apparently had astral projection abilities. So, so within his dreams, he would travel to places that he'd, he'd, he'd never seen and he would know things about them. And then he told me that he, he could look at uh, a, a device or, or something some new object which he'd never seen before and he would immediately understand its function. And I said, that's actually, that's a, a shidhi, that's a, it's a supernatural ability or a perfection that's described in the Hatha Yoga Pradapika. Um, so, so I'd read about it year, years ago, and, and uh, I think they describe it as true sight or something like that in, in this yoga text. And True sight.
1: True sight, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this. Hmm. Um, I, when, uh, when I was, when I was in Sydney studying or doing the, the yoga, I got a mm-hmm. really good routine and was gone mm-hmm. for a while. And that was kind of the aim where I wanted to go. Not that I ever, not that I achieved anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you wanted, you wanted true sight. Well, why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it seems like
1: a cool thing to have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it could be, yeah. Like if, if, if the, yeah, if this ability exists of, of true sight, maybe you could, Look at a piano and and just remember everybody 's thoughts, everybody's muscle memories about this thing, and then just
1: just channel whatever song you wanted yeah just pull yeah. it pull it from the, the cosmos yeah
0: just just plug yourself into that uh,
1: in, into that receptacle of knowledge the way you said plug yourself into the knowledge, <laughs> you need to unplug yourself from mm. missed misknowledge or.
0: yeah yeah.
1: whatever you think you know you need to let go of that (laughs) so they so that you can open yourself to whatever's coming in (laughs) yeah that's
0: it's kind of like uh i remember in in one of douglas adams books he he talks about one of the the hitchhiker's guide they they release this version two or version three or whatever and they they say the normal version could only perceive uh light waves and and uh radio waves and, and sound waves and things like that. Um, but the latest version um, could perceive five, five dimensions and, and uh, different realities, different perspectives, all this information from every, uh, every possible reality. And he said, well, all they needed to do to turn it from a third dimensional to a fifth dimensional device was just take out a filter so it was easy to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, it's well, a clever joke. I don't know if it really worked like that. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, think I think human beings as devices are exactly yeah. like that. Mm. Like mm. the only person that, that's limiting yourself from becoming or doing whatever you want to do is yourself. Mm. So I think, you know, sometimes you do need to unplug from whatever's holding us back yeah. in, the exact, in the exact same way. Mm. because, uh, I mean, that, that's assuming that, you know, you believe that the human being is a device and you're not, you're not the being. You know, you're the, you're mm. the, you're the person controlling the man-machine robot. The ghost in the machine. The, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, this is... Um, yeah, another idea I wanted to talk about was the, the Mandela effect and, and how that might tie into cosmic... Um, <laughs> to cosmic resonance? Morphing resonance. I don't um, think I've heard of it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, the Mandela effect is this idea. Apparently, people uh, people remember Mandela's death, Nelson Mandela's death, from sometime between 1982 and 1988. People have these very clear memories. And not just a few people, actually several thousands of people all over the world have the, these distinct memories, uh, things like a, a whole week of, of parades through... Um, through through South Africa through so Johannesburg would it be Johannesburg oh well through through South Africa or projected on the t- on the television um, and people are watching these things uh, celebrities in the United States would wear Mandela's prison number um, in, in uh, as a sort of show of respect um, all of these very intricate very complex memories about Mandela's death and of course when he was released. Uh, a- about 10 years ago, all of these people said, what? Uh, they, you know, stopped in their tracks and, and couldn't fathom what had happened because uh, because in their reality, from their perspective, in their memories, Nelson Mandela was dead.
1: Why would they think that he was dead if he wasn't?
0: Well, they had, they had these, according to them, they had these memories. So my question would be, uh, I mean, th- this sort of thing—if you assume that there are um, multiple universes, which um, modern science, like quantum physics, says is is very possible, even likely, even some people would even say it it is definitely true.
1: Well, why wouldn't there be multiple universes if every decision that you make can potentially create a new reality for yourself at any point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's talking about free will. Yeah. If, to remove the idea of a multiverse means you have no free will and you're on the one track mm. just following through like a like a, a tape mm. being mm-hmm. played. Yeah. You being played? <laughs> I like to think I'm not being played. <laughs>
0: We, we never really know for sure. Um, so <laughs> so the thing is, if if uh, if there were a universe that was very similar to this universe, when Nelson Mandela died in 1982 or 1988, and morphic resonance is true, and it's the medium for memories, then it would make perfect sense that people would be able to remember things from other
1: realities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you are talking you're saying this is documented to have happened between oh, well, with, with thousands of people. It's, it's documented that people
0: remember it. Yeah, or that people claim to remember it.
1: How do yeah. they, how do they come across it in the first place?
0: Well, when when um, Mandela was released or when he died last year, they they got this this uh, I don't know, the shock at realizing that he hadn't died when they would remembered yeah and and people people go on the internet and you know because this is what's great about the the internet too because people can discuss these bizarre things that happen which they if if not for the internet people would write this off and say i guess i just remembered I wrong and yeah. they they'd have to somehow justify it but because of the internet they can go on and and share this bizarre story and, and it has to, you know, people can raise questions about whether it's legitimate and whether, whether there's something strange scientifically.
1: I always wonder if uh, that's, it's an interesting point for me regarding that with time, mm. because I can never remember what day it is. Right. Like to, <laughs> to me, what, what day it is, is okay. so irrelevant. Yeah. Okay. But if I wasn't able to check, how would I know what day it was? Yeah. And I mean, I, I know the confusion from daylight savings when people say, what, what time? Is it two o'clock or is it three o'clock? I mean, yeah. most, of, most of these people are drunk leaving a bar at this time, but they yeah. want to know what time it is right. and what time it flips over. If, they, if all our phones didn't automatically change time, mm. be, it's a morning conversation at work. Mm. But what's, what's the real time? Ah, you turn up late. It's like, oh, daylight savings, like I forgot, you know, clocks and, and it's cool. Yeah. But what happens if, uh, if all the times are wrong? If time mm-hmm. is just wrong? Like, will we just accept it as time being whatever it is when we look it up on, when we see it in the, on, on the good morning show <laughs> or when we look at our phones, like that's what time it is. You mean like something in, in 1984 where they,
0: they decreased the chocolate ration and then two days later they say, oh, isn't it great? They've increased the chocolate ration to to 20 grams, but that's actually 10 grams smaller than <laughs> what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yes, exactly. I, 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 don't think, I don't think people are sure of themselves with anything other than what they exactly, you know, what they dedicate themselves to. Mm. And we're, we're at a point now where people, you know, you can, you can bullshit someone mm. so easily. <laughs> and if they're not confident in what you're saying to them, mm. then they just accept it. Mm. 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 So, I mean, that's kind of the same sort of phenomenon. Like, people could have these multi... People can be living in multiple realities, and unless they, they really believe where they are and what they're doing, maybe you can bamboozle them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Okay, I don't even know where to, where to take that. But it's like they could be... Constantly, if, constantly switching between realities and they would have no idea or picking up memories from different realities and, and uh, they wouldn't even be conscious about it because if it's not directly in front of them, they, don't, they just don't think about it.
1: Well, um, the, the interesting point is if people don't think about it and yeah. the more you unplug from your, your relative reality and mm-hmm. want to... I don't know, connect up to be on the channel whatever music you want to play on the piano that you just bought yourself, yep. then at, at that point, you're open to more than one reality. You're open to multiple universes. Mm. So if everyone, well, let's say 50% of people mm. decided they want to they want open up this part of their brain, mm. then, then what would that mean for all information? Then all of a sudden, Mandela might have died, he might not have died, and it's like, well... In my lifetime, he did. In your lifetime, he didn't. Yeah. In my lifetime, he's still alive. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's like that infinite possibility of anything happening. Everything's possible. Is exactly possible.
0: Yeah. So it's like it's the three people meeting in the room, and they 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 don't necessarily know that they're from different realities, but they just talk and 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 uh, they accept. That, um, that other people have different histories to them and it doesn't seem so unusual. It's a normal thing.
1: <laughs> it's a normal thing. And it's not so much what, uh, you know, what are you about? What's your whole world about? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what's what happened? What happened
0: in your world? Yeah, what happened, your happened this history? week? Yeah.
1: And then uh, I'm not saying you make everything up, mm. but you need to accept that because it's true to that person, it's mm. a possible reality for that person that mm. it could be a possible reality for you if you wish to accept it. Mm. Mm. That's, that's red pill material.
0: Yeah, and I, I think about that too sometimes because I'm like, yeah, we're, we're in the present, but who is to say what happened in the past? We can't smell it, we can't feel it, touch it, see it.
1: It's only um, my memory, my word, Yeah, and what I can look up and be told that happened. Yes,
0: yes. So, when people get. Um, so, we were talking the other day about when you use Wikipedia and you look at something like bin Laden's death, and yeah, it, it mentions the most recent case of Osama bin Laden dying. It doesn't mention the ones 10 years before where, where he, he was reported dead a few
1: times or was reported probably dead.
0: Is there anywhere.
1: Was on dialysis. Is there anywhere it's, that is documented that? It's it's known that he's died more than once. Well, it's apparently.
0: A... <laughs> so um, there was a, a like I don't know if it's it's still up there, but I read an article on Fox from, from like around 2004 2005 saying that he was dead, but I just read that last year. Um, so I mean, we we can check again. And
1: but maybe and maybe he did die. I mean, yeah.
0: Oh well, I'm I'm of the opinion that he he probably died around 10 years ago. Um, because, I mean, when, when a, a president comes out and, and says he's got the military, um, they go in and they raid the compound and, and they kill Bin Laden with absolutely zero evidence. Well, I mean, come on, you, you guys know presidents, you know, guys know that politicians lie, right? It, it all I mean, happened. is that really a surprise? Is it?
1: <laughs> I just don't think people care.
0: Yeah, no, people care. In the U.S., they they went berserk. Like, um, like people were, people in the U.S. were worried when Osama Bin Laden died. They were concerned about a, a terrorist backlash. Like Al Qaeda is going to Why come would out. they be
1: concerned? Uh, I don't know. A- anyway, some... were, were they were they told to be concerned? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Were, were Absolutely they, they, they advised that you know the the head of of Al Qaeda has been has now been killed in his family compound? And not only that, but we didn't, we didn't bury him right to his beliefs. Yeah. He was tossed over the side of a, of a was a what, what's the, what was it, I, I don't know, We was lost at sea? Yeah.
0: They like what just what chucked, is the story apparently exactly? Apparently, they just chucked him into the ocean. And they're, they're like, this is entirely consistent with a Muslim burial. But it's, it's not at all. It's some, some of the
1: sharks be... on the flag, I I couldn't add it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so people were talking about it on Facebook, and I, I remember some one, uh, one of my friends in the US was like, "Uh, I'm, uh, am I the only one not worried about um a, a terrorist backlash?" And I said, "Yeah, exactly. I mean." He's just one guy. It doesn't mean anything. And people flipped out. I thought I was Uh, agreeing her. Yeah, Yeah. I thought I was agreeing with my friend. But uh, like all of her friends started attacking me and saying, are you crazy? Like Osama Bin Laden was the ace of spades. I'm like, are you you serious? Like you think think the world actually cares who you put on a deck of playing cards?
1: (laughs) These people must watch
0: Fox. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't watching Fox in 2004,
1: that's for sure. So, yeah, no, the idea yeah. of Wikipedia yeah. and uh, and and not well, publicising the, the latest death. Hmm. I I find that interesting because I was looking on Wikipedia for you know there's a few research studies for morphic resonance. Yeah, is it even on there? I
0: think it, it might be on there, but it might it it might say morphic resonance theory or you know sometimes they they poison the well. So they say they they put stuff at the top, like uh tax protester conspiracy theories or so, something like that. they actually put conspiracy theory in in the title so if you didn't have uh, a dubious opinion of this idea before, you've just been
1: stamped with... Yep. Yep. They, oh, they okay rock. it's a
0: conspiracy theory i don't need to think about it anymore yeah cool. and that, that's what they call poisoning the well so they' they're setting it up as as if it's uh not true, and it's, not letting you allow. Uh,
1: uh, it should yeah. be called info fracking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. It's deep. Yeah. It's, it's
1: in there. Yeah. Now, the, the reason why I jumped on Wikipedia looking at morphic resonance was I remember they did a study. There was a scientist. I need to look this up. because I went looking for it yesterday. I couldn't find it mm-hmm. exactly, but it was the you probably know the study where they put students underground to try and see how they would how they would react um, without being in the the, the morphic field of the planet.
0: What? No, I haven't heard about this. Okay,
1: well, briefly, because I do, I do. We'll put a we'll put a link in. I'll I see if I can find it. Uh, what a scientist? What they trying to? It's, it completely aligns with morphic, uh, with the morphic resonance and the fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we take the idea that all human beings together, all our, our collective field, is the field that the highest field of consciousness for our planet, uh, not including the dolphin field, was obviously there, they're up there too. Yeah. Uh, they took students and they put them in a, in, a, in a live-in quarters underground so they were outside that field, which I think they're... Like the,
0: outside the normal Earth's resonance.
1: Yeah, well, the Earth's resonance and the human resonance is exactly the same. I think it's like 7.78, like right. roughly under 8 hertz okay. around there. And they put them underneath the ground so they were outside that. So they, they, weren't, they never had that communication. And what they found was... In about it was roughly three weeks. Mm. I mean, it was earlier, maybe a week. People started feeling a bit sick. They started feeling dizzy, nauseous. They had all these symptoms, uh, and then no one, even the the strongest student that wasn't getting sick, after three weeks they couldn't they couldn't live there anymore. Like they were, they were just feel they'll just get sick. Wow! So they uh, they documented it as um, as like nausea. Yeah uh they said that they'll people that they are dizzy uh very similar symptoms to what they call like space mm-hmm. space sickness or space legs like your, your sea legs idea yeah where unless they get the, the gravity unless they can uh mimic the the, the human or unless they can mimic the 7.78 hertz mm. up in the space stations the the astronauts feel the same exactly the same sickness right and it's and you know, it's debatable to say that they're getting sick because they're outside, they're outside that the human resonance field, mm. or they're they're away from the planet, or whatever have you. Yeah. So I I started googling these ideas about space sickness and all that, and uh, you know, looking it up, it was it's documented very well. Space sickness on on the NASA site, on Wikipedia they got the space sickness as well. Even on the Star Trek site. Mm. Um, Whether they have their encyclopaedia for Star Trek stuff, okay. they they talk about space sickness and they refer to all the different episodes where it affected different characters. Right. But it never mentions anything to do with what Rupert Shodrake mentions—the the human resonance field mm. or through morphic resonance as a medium. Mm. Um, but you know that, that all coincides with the research that that Nassim Haramein mm. is uh, is doing as well with sort of the toroidal fields of the magnetic heart and it communicating directly with the magnetic, the magnetic field of the planet, which could be, could be the same thing. I mean, is, is it all morphic resonance? Magnetic fields? Magnetism, that's the, the medium.
0: I don't know if it's, I don't think it would be magnetism, because magnetism we can measure. It would have to be something different, but there, um, there was another experiment that Sheldrake did with phantom limbs. So this, this fellow ha, who'd had a, a limb amputated he would press it up against a door like this, so, so with the stump, um, like with his, uh, with his elbow um, pressing it up against the door because there's nothing past his elbow, and uh, he would put it in one of six positions, and a, he would get a psychic or a, a Reiki practitioner, um, some, some, uh, somebody with
1: energy feeling, energy sensory yep. ability.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, to tr- to try to guess which one he was. I, I saw the. Um, I I didn't read a study about it, but I just saw a quick video about it, uh, and they had some footage of them doing the experiment. And yeah, the guy had a had like uh, I don't know seven out of ten right or whatever. But they were significant. It, yeah, but I mean, well, not not sig- not significant because in in a test this small, with a sample size this small, it, he could have just been getting lucky. Um. So so it. It warranted further research, I think. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was um, uh, ideas of, of magic. If, if morphic resonance is, is real, uh, then all these traditional ideas about magic, like sympathetic magic, uh, like, for example, a voodoo doll. Everybody's heard of a, a voodoo doll. It's where you create an image of somebody in a smaller form, and then you use it to try to influence them uh, and this is like in a black magic, a negative way. Um, so the the idea is, because your image, uh, because the image that you create, the voodoo doll, is similar to the real person in some ways, like maybe it looks like them, it has uh, parts of their hair, um, th- things like that, it's actually going to, to affect them. So that there's like this entanglement, uh, this morphic resonance entanglement between the two objects,
1: uh, and yeah, I've, I've heard of these of these cases happening or having more power when there's a group of people mm. that uh, are following the same belief. Yeah, like uh, I remember hearing about the about uh, Aboriginal, mm. like Aboriginal, let's say, witch doctors or shamans mm. that were that by their tribe or by their people were believed mm. to have extra extraordinary powers, right. and they were able to, by holding their, their stick mm. and, and pointing at someone yeah. and exerting, like, you're going to die, yeah. or death upon somebody, pointing the bone, yeah. pointing the bone yeah. and the person at the other end of it would hemorrhage inside. Immediately. Immediately, because of what oh, happened. It literally okay. dropped dead. I, I mean, maybe not drop dead at that point, yeah. but... They die were, over like a couple of weeks. Of, well, yeah, be damaged enough to be on that track yeah. to, to die from internal bleeding. And, yeah. and because they, they have a, a, a group of people that believe in the same thing. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is why, uh, I mean, I believe in, in miracles happening mm-hmm. because people want that to happen. Mm. You get enough people together, like a religion, that are, that are asking for something. Mm-hmm. That, that's, got, that's got power, I believe. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why they can't pull different powers through, I don't know, let's say morphic resonance or yeah. through these fields or exert force as a unit to create more power in belief. Yeah, yeah. I mean, faith is pretty powerful. Yes, yes. Well, that, that's, uh,
0: like that certainly relates to things like the placebo effect. So the, it's, it's, people saying it's a similar effect, like what if a... A, a doctor, um, uh, what do you call a doctor that treats cancer? Uh, no, I forget. <laughs> Is there a name for that? Yeah, there's a name for it. Um, anyway, so what if, a, what if a doctor that treats cancer tells you that you're going to die within five months? Um, because of the placebo effect, your body might actually start to sh- shut down. But it, it might be, you know, it, it might have, it might be dependent on your belief as well as the beliefs of, of those people around you. But I guess they that, that can be to do with uh, the way people treat you as well, if they treat you like a dying person.
1: Well um, it, that makes doctors scary people. Because you, you yeah, do you do yeah. hold them as an authority figure. Yeah. Well in the, most in the of realm doctors, of
0: health. I, mean, I think they're quacks. But... <laughs> well,
1: this is well this is your this is your personal uh confidence in your point of view versus neck a point of view. Yeah, because yeah, I'm,
0: I'm always, if a doctor tells me something, I'm always going to subject it to, to critical thinking. I'm rarely going to take something a doctor says just on
1: faith. Well, that, that's very, that's pretty very smart in, in your case. Yeah. But uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that would just accept I've got five months to live, that, that's it. And they probably die in four and a half months. Mm-hmm. Where there's other people that hear that and go, no way. They yeah. go. They go see other doctors. They're trying other, other remedies, other treatments, and they, they might live two years, or and they might just they might just pass it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I, I, I mean, we should we should look into that and see where there are cases where people have, have been told, you know, you're you're critical. This is it. You know, you got yeah. less than six months to well, live. Well, there,
0: there's one famous case. This guy. Um... I forget his full name, but they call him Miracle Man Morris. There's this guy who was told by... He was in a plane crash. He was flying his plane over mountains and crashed and they rescued him. Um, but he, he had, like, his diaphragm was crushed. He couldn't breathe without the aid of a, a machine. Um, uh, another great talk about yeah, were I think this was in The Secret. Um, or Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in The Secret. And, yeah, so... so um, His uh, esophagus was crushed. He couldn't swallow by himself. And um, the last I read about it, the doctors still didn't really know how he learned to swallow. And and he, he says, well, I just think my food down. It's like he's working this by sheer force of will. It doesn't matter what his what his body has. Just get it in there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because he couldn't yeah. breathe. Like, his lungs were both he, collapsed.
0: Yeah, he, he couldn't breathe. His, his diaphragm was damaged. I don't know how bad the damage was to his lungs, but, I mean, there was probably significant damage. And so he had to learn to, to breathe um, completely using different muscles, um, all types of things like this. And, the, yeah, the um, let's see. We'll get back to, to magic like we were talking Uh, talking about like a collective belief in a god something like that so if if uh if people start believing in in this deity or this angel or or whatever um that um they all start to believe it together um it's like creating a, a memory that that goes beyond one person so if if memories, can, uh, if memories work by morphic resonance, ideas work by morphic resonance, then if you give an idea a, a lot of power, um, um, then, then no. maybe, uh, maybe this idea can take on a sort of a- autonomy. Um, and I'd, I'd like to use the, the example of Jesus Christ. So some people say Jesus Christ wasn't a historical figure, but it was actually created by a, a group of rabbis, as, as an idea. And so they wrote all these stories about it and, and clever parables and things like that. And and uh, they, t- they talked about it so much, they thought about it, um, that people started praying to this dude um, who may have been just an idea. And this is the kind of effect, the very real effect that ideas have.
1: Yeah, well, we're at the point with uh, in regard to Jesus that whether he was a, an actual person or not, yeah, that's that's completely irrelevant now.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. I mean, here in Mexico, we see a lot of a lot of saints and and mm-hmm. other other gods arise. I mean, yeah. I, I'm thinking now of the Santo Verde.
0: Santo Verde.
1: The the, the narco god. Have <laughs> you, seen? Are you no. seen? No. He's. Okay, it, it's come out of. Uh, I mean, it's, it's probably more predominant in the uh, in the narco trafficking areas. Right. But it's they they pray to one of the. It's it's kind of like uh, well, he, he was one of the one Saint, of the
0: Saint Mary Jane they pray to. Yeah. Well, it's essentially the, the same the Santa same Maria-Poine.
1: thing. He used, to, he used to go to the, the towns and give money back. You yes. know, to, to he was giving money back to the to the people to build schools and help out with you know with families. So he became quite a, a powerful figure, and people started praying to him. I hope he comes to my town uh, and helps us with this. Right. And now he's, now he's a saint. Wow. And people... Okay. people they,
0: but he, he was a narco. Yeah. So it would be like people praying to Escobar. Exactly the here. same, yeah. Oh, that's a little creepy.
1: <laughs> well, I, it's, this is about people getting together and feeling the same... or putting power towards an idea and asking for help and feeling they're going to receive it and with the community being big enough to support that idea
0: Mm.
1: sometimes it does come back Mm. Mm. but it's 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 interesting what you know what we're capable of doing as a a collective people when we start putting ideas when we start focusing towards the same idea what manifests out of that yes magic yeah magic wizards
0: magical Mexico okay shall we finish up
1: yeah, let's, let's wrap it up with that.
0: Cool. Uh, so I'm Kurt Robinson. This is A Paradise Paradox. Aaron Battle. Yep. so uh, press like, uh, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Look us up on Twitter. I'm at Trouble Bubble.
1: At Battle AZ. I nearly forgot. Who am I? <laughs> I'm trying to manifest multiple realities. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. Peace.